Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. If you'd like to contact me, I have a few different ways that you can do that. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio and have me play that for you on the show, or if you would like to write in an email and I can read that out for you, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Over on the website, I have the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube buttons. If you'd like to throw some financial love my way, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. I do have a PayPal donation button. I also have an Amazon search box where it says help support the show. Basically, the way that it works is if you go through my site, so if you use that search box or if I've got a a link to a specific product and you click on that and you end up buying it, Amazon basically gives me a finder's fee. There's no additional cost, so shipping isn't extra. There's nothing like that. So if you were going to purchase something anyway through Amazon, I would appreciate it if you could go through my site and, again, kind of throw me some financial love. It does help support the show, and it helps me pay for things like bandwidth for hosting and for domain names. I think that's going to do it, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. Hey, my sweet, sweet, beautiful monkeys. How you guys doing? Today is Monday. It's the 31st of August, 2015, and I'm Uncle Silverback. I'm glad you're back with me on the show today. On the last show, I did a little bit of like a teaser thing of a movie that I wanted to review, and we'll get to that here in a second. We do have some feedback from uh, Jeff talking about some of the things that I talked about, so I want to go ahead and I'll uh, read that here in just a second. I did finish up a movie called The Wild Bunch, which I had seen as a kid and seen it on TV. So it was, of course, heavily edited and and uh, cut down for time and for language and for content and all this other stuff, you know, when they're going to show it on regular network TV. And I hadn't seen it since then. So it's been, you know, probably close to 30 some odd years since I've seen it. And I got the director's cut, the disc from Netflix and... I'm not going to do kind of a review. I'm just going to give you a little bit of sort of thoughts about it. So one of the questions would be, well, would a movie that was, it was directed by Sam Peckinpah in 1969, would a movie from that time frame would that hold up to today's viewing audience? And for the most part, it does. Now the director's cut, I don't know how much was added, but there were definitely some scenes that probably could have been cut down and and you wouldn't have lost anything in the movie. There were also some of the acting choices and how the actors were portraying their characters. You you wouldn't have done today Um, because some of the stuff you see, Oh, that's, that's sort of a forced thing or they, you know, they probably wouldn't, you know, do that type of thing. And, but again, it would, it would sort of be a movie of its time. Now, Having said that, if you had watched this thing in the theaters back in 69 or 70 or whenever it was actually released, I think you would have 
it would have been a new experience. It would have been something that, especially as a Western, you, you weren't used to seeing that type of thing. You weren't used to seeing the language. You weren't used to seeing maybe the characters portrayed in that manner. In the in the in the in the uh, the world of the wild bunch that that takes place in, it's uh, 1913, I think, right around in there, maybe 1914. And so, what you're seeing is that that pretty much the the old west is sort of fading out. A lot of the exploration and what you would call maybe the frontier has been explored and and sort of uh, you know conquered, for lack of a better term. And you're 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 phasing into a new era, and Peck and Paul puts you into a world, and a lot of the visuals, you know, it shows you, okay, this is kind of a violent, brutal, harsh world still, and you're going to kind of go on this journey with me. the The actors that were the main players were you had William William Holden, you had Ernest Borgnine, you had Robert Ryan, and in this in this thing, you also have oh, uh, some really good performances by some character actors. Uh, Struther Martin, who a lot of people would uh, recognize from Cool Hand Luke. Uh, but anyway, so you have a lot of good uh, performances by the character actors, and pretty much almost everybody you see is someone that you would recognize. And especially the people of the time who were the movie-going audiences of that time would have recognized all those people. In some instances, in some ways, it was kind of a, maybe a swan song for some of these actors, in others, it may have kind of like given their career a little bit of a boost. I don't know. Um, I don't have a lot of history of you know, from that time frame. But anyway, it is a movie that is well worth watching. So if you get the chance, go ahead and uh, check it out. And just know that there are a few things, again, like the acting choices and some of the special effects and how, how certain things were filmed. So some of the cinematography are products of their time. But having said that, you can still... You can still get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of it. There's been a couple other movies. Uh, I think I maybe have, I don't know if I've recommended them before, but if I do, you know, well, it's not that big a deal. Uh, if you haven't seen Fury, it's a World War II movie starring Brad Pitt. And uh, it's really, really good. My wife and I saw it in the in the theater and we actually, uh, and she, she, and she really liked it. Um, also, there's a movie, John Wick, which stars uh, Keanu Reeves. It's a very, very good action movie. It's short on plot, of course, but it, it's very, very good. And that may be one of the things that I can, that I'll review, that maybe I'll review. Although, you know, so much of it is like the visual with the action and, and stuff like that. So anyway, uh, let me go ahead and read some of the stuff that uh, Jeff had written in. And um, he talks a little bit, of, obviously, some of the feedback is from the, the last show. So Jeff sent me a message on Facebook, which if you guys want to do that, you can uh, do that as well. Sometimes it, it seems that Facebook, the message thing pops right up. Other times it, it seems like it doesn't or, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure again how it works. And when I, and I've, I've talked about this before. It seems like when they, you get used to doing one thing, they do an update and then it changes it or they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's jump in with what Jeff has to say. And he wrote in and said, Hey, I was listening to the Armed Ape. Congrats on giving up the soda. I completely stopped drinking it a few years ago when I was doing the Primal Diet, which is basically a less restrictive paleo diet. Nowadays, I maybe have one soda every six weeks. I don't really miss it. 
As for things to drink otherwise, have you tried coconut water? It is like nature's Gatorade. It is slightly sweet and very refreshing every time I drink it. It makes me think of sitting on the beach in Mexico with my wife drinking out of a coconut as we would usually buy one when we go to the beach and drink that while we are hanging out. Also, on the Terminator movies, I haven't seen the newest ones, but I have seen someone on the internet actually resolve all the timelines as of either T3 or Salvation, and they incorporated the Sarah Connor Chronicles as well. It can be done. It was something like six different timelines to resolve the whole thing as each new thing keeps altering the timeline. But I am not convinced there are a lot of uh, holes in it after looking at that analysis on it. I'm hoping to see Genesis when it is out on Redbox, and I suspect the spoiler from the trailer, and then he, he talks some about um, some of that spoiler from the trailer, so I'm not really going to read that. Then he says, anyway, he'll let me know what he thinks of the new Terminator movie after he sees that. So that would be pretty cool. I would like to kind of have your thoughts on it, what you thought of it. Uh, for me, I thought it was just it was a fun you know popcorn movie, and, and uh, my wife and I enjoyed it, so... So anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the movie, The Comedy. And this was done in 2012. It was directed by a guy named Rick Alverson. Now, I don't know a whole lot about him or other, other things that he's done. I think he's done maybe four other movies or so or three other movies i think he, i'm looking on his page he's done one called entertainment which was 2015 new jerusalem which was in 2011 and the builder which was 2010 i don't know anything uh about those i've never heard of him or even heard of any of those other movies but i may i may check them out just because while this movie is hard to watch once you you sort of get into it it is an interesting kind of, I guess, character study. A, a little bit of background maybe on some of the actors that are in it and maybe where you would have seen them from. The main guy is Tim Heidecker, which you would know him from maybe, oh, what was it, Cartoon Network, the Adult Swim section. And he they he and Eric Wareheim, who is, is his writing partner, have a show called Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job, which I really liked. I thought it was very, I really liked the comedy. It was really out there. And I think I talked a little bit about that on the last show, so I don't want to rehash too much of it. But anyway, you've got those two guys. You have other actors in there that I recognized, but I couldn't tell you maybe where I recognized, but they were very familiar to them. And I went and looked up the stuff. One of them is a guy named James Murphy. Another guy is Greg Turkington. Um, and there was a guy, I think Jeffrey Jensen, who looked familiar, but I don't think he's been in too many other things. And anyway, that's how most of the of, of the actors were. There were a bunch of them who I had no idea at all. Everybody does give a, a decent performance, and especially Tim Heidecker, whose whose main character is Swan. The, the main character and his name is Swanson. And the movie is kind of carried by him. And so I thought he actually did uh, a pretty good job considering he's not really known for this type of thing. The background of the movie is all these guys seem to have or come from a lot of mo a lot of money. It takes place in New York and it takes place 
uh, now. So it's, it, it would be modern times or when the, when the movie was made, which would have been 2012. Uh, so it's not meant to have taken place, you know, in the early 2000s as it takes place now. And kind of what they do is he's sort of, they're, they're sort of described as maybe aging hipsters. So he, uh, Swanson, the, again, Tim Heidecker's character is supposed to be like 35, 36 and his friends are, are uh, right around in that age. So maybe some even getting into their upper forties or, or excuse me, early forties or they're starting to, you know, reach into that. And it's sort of, you get the sense that they've been doing this stuff for maybe the past, you know, 10, 15 years, they've been kind of engaging in this type of behavior. It's kind of odd to be able to, I can't really go into detail on too much stuff without getting into spoilers. Now, this movie is is a type of movie that I would kind of term slice of life. So slice of life, excuse me. So basically what happens is it's like, bam, you enter into their life at one point and bam, you you're taken out at another point. And there may be character growth, there may be arcs, or you just may be along for for the journey with this person and things happen to them, but do they grow? Do they have things that, that, so it's it's a different way in storytelling. Most movies, you know, you sort of have a beginning, a a middle and an end, and then you have arcs. So the, the character starts at one place and then sort of ends in the other, or uh, events will happen and it affects them and, and it, 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 uh, it causes a change maybe in, 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 into their character or something. It strengthens them or weakens them. But anyway, something kind of happens. And with this, when I first got done watching it, I thought, well, did any of that stuff really happen? Uh, and, and with, with spoilers with this movie, it's more about sort of the events that he puts himself in or, or does with his friends. So in, and I, I talked about in the last show that basically these guys were just kind of douchebags and assholes, and they really are. They're sort of, um, they're very indifferent, and they're very mocking, um, and they're they're insincere and irreverent, and you know all this other stuff. They're dis- they're they're sort of described as sort of aging hipsters, and I guess that kind of fits the bill with them uh, a little bit. But they're sort of the worst, you know, the, like the worst thing you could think of when you think of kind of like a hipster. And I would almost, I don't know if I would necessarily buy into that as a, but I would see them sort of almost as because they've got so much wealth and they've probably been to, you know, to good schools and things like that. They're, they're part of, they're part of like an elite, you know, or, or sort of that New York. Um, oh, if you know what I mean, they're not like these guys are going to be great movers and shakers, but they're sort of like their, their parents were maybe big movers and shakers. And so they're reaping all the benefit of that. And they don't have, it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of people that have ever challenged them. And uh, again, if I were to give spoilers in the movie is to, it, the spoilers would, would be how they interact with different people in different groups and how they push those people and try to get reactions out of them or just to see how far, they can go until they get a reaction. Uh, and be, But because they've had maybe a life of sort of wealth and privilege, they're used to people sort of putting up with their bullshit and their nonsense. So let me go ahead and I will drop in. Uh, this comes from the very first part of the movie. And again, a little bit more of background on the movie. The 
the main character, Swanson, again played by Tim Heidecker. Uh, his father is very ill and is looks like he's dying. In this particular scene, he is basically in his father's room and he's eating like these, uh, uh, some cookies, kind of like an Oreo type cookie. And then he has an interaction with a male nurse and I'll go ahead and play that now. No bed sores, clear. No pulse, clear. Why do you keep having to push them buttons? Sometimes things need to be reset. You ever have to reset a prolapsed anus? Do you even do you know what that is? Have you ever have you ever had to deal with a prolapsed anus? Chief? Do they teach you that in nurse school? You and the ladies get that lesson? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a little lesson on it. Uh, prolapsed anus is when the anus, which is a muscle, uh, gives out after years of abuse. Comes out of the rear and hangs like a, like a slack bag of tissue. Uh, like a purse that you might have. A nurse would have. You imagine what it would take to make your anus do that? A lot of butt fucking. The old man's probably got a prolapsed anus. Anus. Anus and Andy. Nothing. Famous anus cookies. Anything there? So you changed my my dad. You put uh, diapers on him and clean his asshole and take put his shit in a bag, throw it out, put it down the toilet. Pretty cool. Pretty cool the way to live. Wonder if my dad's shit has ever gotten into your fingernails and then you forgot and you're driving home worrying about worrying about your life and you start biting your fingernails and your shit gets in your mouth. You gotta be careful. Make sure you wash them hands. Okay. Adios. So that is an example of what you kind of get through, through kind of throughout the movie. Uh, in that scene with the nurse, of course, you on audio, you don't get to see the nurse's reaction. But 
he the nurse finally kind of turns and looks at him as he's sort of going on with this sort of berating him and and doing all this stuff. He's just got like a blank look on his face, sort of like no reaction, and that's why Swanson is like nothing, nothing, not you know all this other stuff. And eventually he turns and he walks out. And you know, I I, I guess at this point I want to talk about some other things, but what I'll do is I would I would I guess I would recommend it. I would recommend that you that you watch it and kind of get through it. I some people you know may kind of describe it as a super dark comedy. I I didn't really see it that way. I saw it as you know sort of you know like a drama. A uh, there are some humorous elements to it, I guess, uh, but. You know, for the most part, it's it's sort of you're you're watching this guy and you're kind of wondering, well, how did he get to this point? And in some ways, in some ways, you're seeing a, a sort of an end of an era for for he and his friends, or or that that era for them, or how they can act and how they can behave. They can see that that is going to come to an end. Uh, and you sort of see this with Swanson in that it's with the death of his father, you know, what's going to happen once his father is gone? Is is he going to have to take a more active role? This, that, anything. Anyway, so I think I'll go ahead and end the show here. For those of you guys that want to continue with the review, go ahead and come on back. And what we'll do is I'll, I'll play the outgoing music. And then we'll come on back and we'll talk about stuff complete with spoilers and, and some more uh, audio drop-ins that I'll do. All right, my monkeys, I will talk to you next time. And if you're listening to this and you don't want any spoilers on this movie, uh, I would suggest then you turn it off. And if you if you plan on watching the movie and then coming back a little later uh, to do that. Now, like I like I said earlier, there with this movie, there is not a whole lot of things that would be considered spoilers because from that first clip that we played, basically what you have is sort of these in, in Swanson, if you, you have sort of kind of the, uh, the man child or the adolescent that never grew up. So what this movie does is you go from, again, experience to experience to experience. If that, if that's the proper word. So, after the nurse thing, basically what happens is he is walking around and he's dressed. He has kind of like a, 
a button down plain shirt, like a dress shirt that you would, you know, probably be considered like, you know, like business casual or something like that. Or, you know, so like an arrow brand or Van Heusen or something like that. And then he has on these like cutoffs and he starts walking around and he comes across these landscapers that are working on, I guess, like maybe a neighbor's yard or something like that. And he interjects himself there. And then when the homeowners are coming around, he starts talking to him. He starts acting. He starts, number one, he takes his shirt off and he's, you know, digging up some stuff and putting some plants in. And one of the other worker guys just kind of looks at him. But I think he doesn't really know whether or not this guy is supposed to be there. Because he looks like kind of like a hobo almost. So anyway, when the homeowners come in, they're an older couple that are obviously very wealthy. And he starts talking to them about, oh, there's this and that. And he's, you know, saying stuff that's kind of uncomfortable. Then he starts saying things like, oh, my guys, you know, are saying, and he says something in Spanish. And it means I was like, they want to go, they want to know if they can swim in the pool. Can they swim in your pool? And he finally kind of gets them to sort of, you know, um, they're like, well, yeah, you know, I, I guess that would be okay. Then you have another thing where it kind of cuts from there, where they're kind of back in their in their group. And you can tell sort of everybody kind of has their place. Like Swanson is sort of the ringleader, and then he's got his two kind of cohorts. And then he's there's a couple other guys in the group, and they're more like the kind of like the whipping boys. Uh, and there's especially this one guy who they kind of, He's kind of part of the group, but he's definitely, everybody, you can tell everybody sort of looks down on him. And you may be wondering, well, like, well, you know, why would, you know, you're you're kind of recommending the movie. And probably, I would say maybe 90%, like I said before, 90% of the people who would watch this maybe wouldn't enjoy it. But I found it kind of a fascinating thing, maybe because I sort of knew the actors outside of this role. And if I didn't, I don't know. Honestly, whether I would recommend it, I would say, well, you could probably skip it, but it is an interesting, it is an interesting dynamic, you know, that he, he has a, another friend of his that I think his father owns like a couple of buildings in New York. So again, they're going to have a lot of wealth, uh, and they're, they're just having these inane conversations about hobos. And then he ends up going into an antique store and there's a guy that's just in there. who's a customer who's just looking around and he pretends like he's a, a salesman that works at the store or something and he's kind of pushy with that guy. And it, and it's just sort of encounter and encounter and encounter after that. So in one scene, we meet uh, a, a woman named Liza who is an, uh, his, his sister-in-law and he is doing this voice. They're outside of the house and he's doing this voice like he's a southern plantation owner. And in this thing, and he's just, you know, he's saying all this heinous shit. And uh, he, you know what, I'm just, I'll go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and play some of that stuff. Hold on just a second. Papa used them skin for making nice furniture. He tans them out there and makes a nice, that couch you on in there is all slave meat, slave skin. As it should be. God bless him. Slave penis and vagina. Come on, that's funny. I know you think that's funny. You ain't 
Your sense of humor ain't died. It's a good crop of slaves we have this year, isn't it? Real nice, nice bunch. I got to know them personally. Some of them I know all by their first name. Old man be dead by now. I expect. Ain't breathing too good. I expect he won't he won't shine too too kindly on our family. We got one son out there on a boat. We got another boy up there in the Luna bin. Married to some whore. Which who, who rubs the, uh, who, who, who rubs, rubs, rubs shit on the vagina. Some hoe got, you, you're, you're the kind of whore that, you got, you're the kind of whore that swallows cum. You, you are my only cum swallowing sister-in-law. And I appreciate it. Come swallower. That's a proud thing to be in this family. So, so how long, uh, how long do you think they're gonna keep them up in there? So are they weaning them off the stuff or how does that work? What's the process? Are you really asking that? I'm curious. It's my bro. Care about my bro. Make sure he's doing good. You get to go up there for any kind of conjugal visits? You get to go, get to, you know, fuck him, suck him? Do they have to keep him in some kind of straitjacket and like let you? Jerk them off? I mean, what's going on with that? So that clip basically in the movie kind of does two things. It gives us an exposition of sort of what the family dynamic is. So we know that he has a, another brother, whether he's older or younger, we don't know. The wife appears to be uh, of his brother, so his sister-in-law appears to be, you know, right around the same age. So, uh, you know, you would think maybe they're they're all in their uh, probably mid to late 30s. So she may be a little older, a little younger than him. So his brother may be a little older, a little younger. I don't know. But we find out that, you know, one of the reasons why sort of the sister-in-law, you would think, well, why would she you know, why would she sort of take that? And what we find out later in the, in the movie is like many of the people that he, he has encounters with, but if, uh, but especially some of the people that are closest to him, they sort of need him. So they have to put up with his, a lot of his bullshit. So Later in the movie, she's coming by and she needs him to sign off on some stuff because the father is sick. And I don't think we really discussed it before, but he's he's comatose. He's at home. 
but he's unresponsive and they're basically just waiting for him to die. And with the other brother being in a mental institution, probably most of the finances of the family are tied to Swanson or tied to Tim Heidecker's character. So in in some regards, we see why many people kind of put up with his bullshit, why the nurse did, why, you know, some of the other people. And I'm I'm sure there's tons of other people around that you would kind of in the back of your mind when you're filling in parts of the story, you would say, well, I'm sure there's other people, staff that work at the house that just basically have to put up with his crap because he controls right now. He's going to control the purse strings. And again, the movie is just kind of more and more of that. He ends up going to uh, a bar that's primarily uh, like a black bar and he starts saying some stuff. And what's interesting is in the movie, he, he pushes and he's, he's pushing, I guess, to get reactions to, he's pushing to see if maybe somebody will, will confront him or stop him. But he, and this is something I, I, I don't know maybe if I'm reading into it, but I picked up that he, in certain instances, only pushes people to a, a certain level, or he does it in a way to where he could, if it gets heated, he could sort of back off a little bit. Um, and then there's also a little bit of the, of the of the conceit of the film, meaning that the people that he's doing this stuff to, everybody kind of gives him sort of like this blank stare, kind of gives him this um, unaffected, uh, like no reaction. And I guess with a lot now with with uh, with the with the dudes in the bar, they kind of are. He's getting some reactions out of them. And the bartender, you can tell, is sort of pissed. Um, and so he is getting some reaction. He's getting some feedback. Later, he has an encounter with a cab driver where he gets kind of feedback. But the people that are closest to him and that he he maybe has some power over, what they do, about the only way they can fight back is not to give him any kind of reaction at all. So they'll be very stoic, very blank-faced. In some of the exchange that he had with the sister-in-law, you can tell she's sort of hurt by it, but she's trying to mask, which is, it's a subtle performance, which I, which I kind of liked. But anyway, he ends up going to, he's in like this little, uh, oh, where do they go? Um, the movie kind of next, I mean, I, I guess I could jump around. I don't have to, to kind of do it chronologically, but they end up going and you know, at one time he and a couple of his friends end up going on a cab ride and they start, you know, messing with the elderly the older gentleman who's the cab driver. Um, they start doing like a rap song telling him how he's not going to get a tip because the radio is broken. They end up going into a church and there's people in there. It's not, a, it's not empty. And they start, you know, making noise and, and just basically being disrespectful. They end up, um, going to, Oh, um, well, I'm, I'm trying to think a lot of, a lot of things kind of jumble around, but there's another scene in the movie where uh, basically just him and his friends are kind of going around and they're just kind of fucking around and stuff. So, and it cuts to sort of different timelines. But I think, you know, most of this stuff probably just takes place over, you know, maybe a week or so. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly how long. You, you don't really get a good sense of what the timeline is on an, and how things are going down. He ends up paying a, a uh, um, he, he's, he's, uh, him and his friends have kind of gone off and messed around and then he's going back home. He's got a cab and then he ends up convincing the cab driver. He actually pays him $400 to let him drive the cab. And then as he's going down, he sees some, this girl walking down the street 
and uh, he's like, you know, how much is that pussy? Is that pussy for sale and all this stuff? And then she comes up to the cab to confront him, and the the cab, the guy who was the cab driver, was is sitting in the back, and he's you know freaking out, going like, you know, get out of my car, stop, stop, stop. And then he, when the girl starts to confront him, he pops up out of the cab and runs off. So he doesn't, he's not looking for really physical confrontation, I don't think. So anyway, after that, there's a scene where the sister meets him kind of down at a dock. Now he also has like a small boat that he lives on part of the time. And there's an odd scene where he, she, she comes and she's like, Hey, I need you. She meets him down at the dock and she's like, I need you to sign these papers. And if you'll just, can you not just make a big deal? And he's like, Oh, you got to go to the boat. And he's like, can you just sign the papers? Can you not make a big deal? And he kind of insists. And so they end up, they go out on the boat. And then when they're about halfway out to the boat, he stops the the little dinghy that they're on and then he moves over by her and he kind of gives her, puts his arm around her and then he gives her like a kiss on the, like on the top of the head and then sort of on the, on the side. And then he eventually kisses her on the lip and she, she responds. She kisses him back a little bit and kind of hugs him a little. And then he sort of pulls away. And again, I don't know if he wasn't expecting that reaction or if she figured, you know, this is if, if I got to, you know, fuck this guy or if I got to do whatever to get this money to help my husband, I guess I'll have to do it. Uh, so I didn't really know what was going on, but I, I kind of got the sense that he didn't really get the reaction that he wanted because she kind of in a way held him like in a comforting way. And I think that kind of he didn't. He wasn't expecting that and didn't like that. So anyway, they end up going back and then he's, he has, he'll do weird things where he'll, he'll be at a store, he'll be at a bar or someplace like that. And, uh, and this one thing he's at a, uh, like a little restaurant and he goes up to the guy and he's like, Oh, do you need any, any help? I need a job. I can do anything. And you know, I've washed dishes. So he gets hired actually as a dishwasher and then he goes there a few times he's actually doing the job he kind of meets this uh, you know some of the people there and meets this one waitress who's in her you know probably mid 20s and um i guess maybe you would describe her a little bit as kind of like a hipster uh but at one point he is washing dishes and he cuts his finger and i think he kind of did it purposely he cuts his finger on a glass and ends up going to the hospital and then he just sort of wanders around looking in rooms and doing stuff. And then he goes into this one old guy's room and he sees a bunch of um, like pictures on the wall of this guy's family. And he starts like combing the hair of the guy and just like kind of doing like odd, weird shit. And I don't know if he if he wants to get caught or if he's doing it to have basically some type of human interaction that in maybe in his mind would be, would be genuine. And I talked before about how, you know, with his close, with the people that are kind of maybe indebted to him, so to speak, that they don't give him much of a reaction and his friends that he's got. So his other, you know, hipster douchebag buddies that he's got, they are so a part of the game that I don't think he he knows that he's not going to get any kind of a genuine reaction or any kind of genuine uh, 
um, like support from them, I guess. I, it's odd. Um, you know, the more I kind of think about this movie, the more I, I uh, even though it's a hard watch, I kind of like it and I kind of like a little bit of what's going on uh, because it's, it's very different in how it presents the main character. He's, you know, none of them are really likable. And even the people that are kind of the, the quote unquote, uh, you know, victims or the people that are the sort of the brunt of his adolescent bullshit, you, you don't, a lot of times you don't feel for them as much because they're, they're sort of purposely going along with it and they're kind of putting up with that. And so at some point you're kind of like, well, you should stand up for yourself or you should put your foot down that type of deal. So anyway, he he cuts his finger, he goes to the hospital, and then he's he's doing all sorts of kind of weird stuff. And then a nurse comes in, and she thinks that he's like maybe the son or something. And she's like, oh, I'll be out of here, and it's really nice that you're coming to visit. And then he, he goes back to the restaurant, and then he kind of strikes up a, a little bit of a friendship with this 20-something waitress. And again, you would describe her maybe kind of like as a hipster, and maybe she sees him sort of as a a kindred spirit a little bit and they end up going back to his boat and they're drinking and they're smoking weed. And then he you know, ends up taking his shirt off and she takes her shirt off and it looks like they're going to, you know, maybe have sex or something. And then all of a sudden she starts like having a seizure. And I can't tell because earlier when, when they were kind of developing their friendship or whatever, you know, he would say some heinous shit to her and she would say it right back. So again, he kind of sees her as, you know, maybe somebody that could be part of his, you know, circle of friends or something, or, or at least he sees that personality. So anyway, the, when they're on the boat, she starts having the seizure. And I, at first I thought, well, is she kind of fucking with him? Is she, um, having like a put on and, 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 Again, doing something and committing to it, almost like, you know, an Andy, uh, what the hell was that guy's name? Uh, ah, shit, he was on Taxi. Um, what the heck was, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, you know, like, is she just committing to something? And the whole time that she's having a seizure, he is just sitting there, just kind of looking at her. He doesn't do anything to help. He just sort of keeps drinking his drink. And then the next scene is that they're going back on the, on his little dinghy, he's taking her back to shore and he just says like, Oh, I'll see you at work. And she's a little awkward with him. So I think at that point that she maybe really did have an actual seizure. Now we don't ever see him go back to that restaurant. So who knows if he just doesn't show up anymore. The next scene is kind of an odd scene where it's him and a couple of two or three of his friends, and there are um, they're watching some some slides of one of the guys, you know, family and childhood, and they're watching the slides of uh, Eric Wareheim, and they're legitimate slides of his of his family, but inter, interspersed in between it is just like pictures of naked women or, you know, just kind of odd things. And I think, you know, maybe at one point that would have maybe elicited some sort of reaction from them, but now they just all just sit there and, you know, watch the slides and watch things go by. 
And it's a little bit of boredom. It's a little bit of you kind of get the sense that they're sort of all kind of playing these parts. Um, and then what happens is it kind of cuts to where he's riding a bike and he's just, you know, pushing himself, pushing himself. And uh, for those of you guys that know who Heidecker is, Tim Heidecker is, he's not like this in shape, super in shape dude. He's kind of, you know, a fat doughy guy. And, and so anyway, he's out pushing himself, pushing himself and he ends up, he's riding his bicycle and he's riding, riding, riding. And he goes down, down to the beach and he starts playing around in the water. He takes his shirt off and he's in his shorts and stuff and he, um, in his cutoff shorts. And then there's this little kid that's running down kind of the water by him and he starts playing with the little kid. He, he's not doing anything again, um, inappropriate or anything. He's just like kind of splashing water on the kid and the kid, you know, kick water back at him or splash water back at him. And they're just running around and, you know, jumping in the waves and stuff. And you wonder like, well, where is, is the kid's parents or is this somebody that he knows? And he, he met him down there. You get, you get the sense that he just sort of goes to the beach and that this kid is just like some kid who's just there. So, I found that a little odd that, that there wasn't again, any kind of reaction like that from the parents, because if there was some, if there was some dude that was running around and kind of like splashing my younger kid, cause the kid's probably like four or five, you know, I would go down there and intervene and I would say, Oh, you know, come over here. And you know, I, I but that doesn't happen. So it's, it's just odd. So again, getting, and that's how the movie ends. So again, you don't really see, much of an arc with this guy basically what you're doing is you're kind of going through with him and experiencing some of the numbness and some of the the quest for maybe some emotion or some type of reaction or some type of of uh i don't know maybe fulfillment's the right word uh some type of um oh like justification for his existence. Like, you know, why does he have this stuff? And others, I don't, I don't even know if, if, if that's part of it, if I'm reading in too much of it. And I don't know if I talked about, I think I talked about it in the, in the pre spoiler stuff, but again, you know, you see for him and, and, and in his, in his performance now, we'll kind of step back a little bit, but in his performance, you do see kind of touches of, Maybe still some of his humanity that's still in there, but for the most part, it's just numbness and boredom. And uh, even though he's kind of with his friends, he's pretty isolated. Um, and maybe that's, you know, again, why he goes out and does some of the oddball shit that he does. But what you also see, and I think I talked, like I said, I think I talked about this earlier, was that with his father's death and with his brother being in the uh, mental institution, things are going to start to fall to him more and more. And so I didn't know if part of it was he was seeing sort of an end to that and that he was going to have to take more responsibility. And um, some of the stuff that he was doing in the past, he's not going to be able to do now. And again, you know, we see that he has a lot of money. So it's probably one of those things where he would never have to work a day in his life. And he, and he would probably never be able to spend all the money that, that they have. Uh, you, you kind of get that sort of that sense of that, 
you know, this guy has so much money that he can't go through it, that there's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But again, I would think too, that because of some of the stuff that was in the movie that where, when he pushes certain people, like when he's in the, in the, in the bar with all the black dudes, he pushes them to a certain point, but then he sort of stops with his, even with his sister-in-law, he, he sort of pushes her to a certain point and, and then he kind of stops a little bit and then you see, you know, a little bit of that, maybe humanity coming in. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I would, you know, the more I think about it, the more I would, I would definitely recommend the movie. It's probably something where you're not, well, at least for me, I wasn't able to sit down and watch it sort of all the way through, but it's one of those things maybe where if you watch it, you know, maybe 30 minutes at a time or something like that. And once you sort of start watching the movie and sort of become immune to some of the things that he's doing, it becomes easier to watch. And as, as I've kind of gone through it and kind of flipped back and forth to get some of the clips and stuff, I've sort of had a quote unquote second viewing. And, um, there are some things in there that are, that are interesting and, uh, it's an interesting watch. I don't know that I would want to sit down and watch the whole thing all the way through ever again. I probably wouldn't mind because on Netflix you can sort of jump around a little bit. I probably wouldn't mind, you know, on the computer watching uh, a few key scenes. It's easier to to jump back and forth on the computer than it is on the TV. Um, so I would recommend it. But again, with the caveat that it's it's one of those things where it's a hard slog to get through, but it is interesting. It's very very different uh, in that you you don't really see much of character development or character arc and really in any of them. Uh, it's just sort of like, this is how it is and this is how it's going to be type thing. So, all right, well, hopefully this review isn't too, uh, slipshod and everything. Like I said, I'm trying to get back into all this stuff. So, uh, if, if you guys have watched it or if you do watch it, and uh, you you saw things a little bit differently, or you maybe saw some things that I didn't talk about. There, you know, there was some you know a lot of stuff that I kind of glossed over. But um, you know, especially you know, there were parts where you know that like they have that one friend who's kind of like the whipping boy, and how they sort of treat him, and and even but even with him, he sort of knows his place, and he sort of does things that make sure he stays in that niche. And I thought so. Anyway, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. I, uh, I don't know what movie I will review next. I was thinking about watching the movie called 13 Sins. And I think on the last show I'd mentioned that we had some of the feedback where one of the guy was talking about, uh, a movie where, you know, the couple a has to do, you know, increasingly more bizarre degrading or, or crazy stunts in order to get more money. And 13 Sins is like that as well. There's a, and I talked about that. There's a thing where like they'll call them and they'll say, Oh, you know, there's a such and such. And if you do it right now, there'll be money in your account. And then, you know, the money gets wired and then they'll call them again and say, well, now if you do this next thing, it's, you know, more money comes. And so this, that, and the other. So, so anyway, um, I think I will go ahead and stop saying, um, so much and I will wrap it up and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care my monkeys. Bye. Grace on the water 
lips like sugar Lips like sugar Just when you think you've caught her She glides across the water She calls for you tonight To share this moonlight Hello. 